great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A lot to get to this morning. And of course, we will be taking your telephone calls. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. Thank you, Curtis Slewa. So joining us this morning will be Pat Russo. Pat Russo is a former NYPD officer who runs the Cops and Kids boxing program. They are having a big fundraiser event at the Ferry Hawk Stadium in Staten Island where first responders fire, sanitation, United States Marine Corps, will be boxing on the uh, ticket, on the card, to help this great organization. There is an ongoing battle between Mayor Adams and Texas Governor Abbott. You'll hear what each side is stating, as Curtis Lewa and I just discussed this. And you'll also hear our owner-operator of Talk Radio 77, WABC, John Katsimatidis, he was asked about this subject on the Fox Business Channel. He'll also weigh in. So, this morning, I should be doing something that has been few and far between for the Biden administration. I should be doing something that's been few and far between for the Biden administration. And that is, whether you like it or not, I should be giving Biden credit for the Inflation Reduction Act. I should be spending this time giving him credit. You already know there's a but. The but is coming. And the reason why I should be giving him credit is moderates, and progressives on the Democratic side couldn't come up with a deal on Biden's legislative agenda. They just couldn't seem to get it done. And now it's done. But instead, what am I forced uh, to talk about? The big mistake of raiding not just a former president's home, but the same guy you ran against, President Trump. And think about this, folks. I, I, I was trying to uh, uh, think about this and uh, come up with my memory. Contested race between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Trump wins. He There was never a raid on, on Hillary Clinton. He let it go. Was there rhetoric? Yes. But Trump let it go. 
That was the way, and I'm not implying that Biden is behind this. But Trump let it go. So now, because of this raid that the AG says that he signed off on, Republicans are now rallying around Donald Trump to run again. The Attorney General of the United States seems to have even cleared the field. I'll make that that statement, that prediction. Merrick Garland, the AG, seems to have even cleared the field, for the most part, of potential Republican candidates that were seriously considering a run against Trump. That's how much more formidable you have made Trump with this with this raid. One legislative victory is not going to stop the bloodbath that is coming for Democrats with the midterms. I'm I I'm sorry I have to be the one to tell you, but if you think that that this is the magic wand and it's going to turn everything around just three months before the midterms, I, you're wrong. It's not going to happen. So this is the president Biden's first midterm. So you have the midterm coming up. You have Biden's on uh, on popularity. You have inflation. That is at a four-decade high. You have gas prices. And now there is even an increasing shortage of tampons. And this was after the baby formula mess. Remember that? And on top of all of this, when I should be giving Biden credit, This is the headline as of this morning, that the FBI is investigating unprecedented numbers of threats against the Bureau and law enforcement in the wake of the raid at the president's Florida home. The FBI, in a bulletin, is warning of a dirty bomb threat and increasing calls for civil war after the raid of the former president's uh, house. The bulletin states that one particular threat involved the placement of a so-called dirty bomb in front of FBI headquarters. And so... Before Pat Russo calls up to join us to talk about this great program, uh, Cops and Kids Boxing Program, let's take some of your telephone calls, and let's begin this morning with David in the Bronx. Good morning, David, on this Monday, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning, Dominic. I would just take issue with what you said about Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland clearing the decks for Donald Trump. This is way too early to make pronouncements like that. We don't know exactly what they seized during the search of Trump's property, which is not just his home. It's a country club that has many members, including we don't even know who. So until we find out exactly what material Trump, and I'll use the word stole, because he wasn't interested ah, to any of that. I, I could tell, David, I could tell when you started that you were not a fan of Mr. Trump's. And that's okay. That's fine. 
But the, the fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, Republicans are rallying around Trump. Can you deny that, David? Okay. 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 But David, but we can only go on the here and now, correct? That's or, or generally not. true. Excuse me, that's what? I said that's generally correct. Okay. But again, this is an evolving situation that just started. I mean, it could be months before we know what material was taken from his, his residence. Mm-hmm. So bottom line is you don't want this to end well for Trump. Reading between the lines, well, I hear well, it in your voice. Well, well, listen, listen, uh, why would I? I never liked the man okay. going back 30-plus years, okay? okay? He was right. unfit to be president. Okay. And the fact that he took material— That's your opinion, that, David, uh, and, cl- and you're entitled to your opinion. Well, yes, and you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm entitled to believe that you're wrong. Yeah, but and I'm not I'm wrong. You. I'm, think- I'm making a statement based on close to 40 years of political reporting, David, but I do thank you for the call. And I respect the fact, David— that that you are, vo- but I could tell as soon as you started talking where you were coming from, and and I like to take calls with people that disagree. It makes it it makes it uh quite interesting. Let's go to Frank in Maine. Good morning, Frank, and welcome to Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Uh, good morning, Dominic. Yeah, always a pleasure, and I know you're a busy man, so I'm gonna make this very quick. How convenient now the FBI is receiving "quote unquote" death threats from uh, for for their uh, for their raid, um, and and they're going to try to perpetuate this in the media um, and make Donald Trump and any Republican who's going to vote for any any Republican voter voting for Republican candidates uh, make them look like the bad people uh, during this during this midterm time. How how convenient all of a sudden? things are happening this quickly and this fast. That's all I want to say. Well, hey, Frank, I, Frank, I wait, like- wait, Frank, Frank, but 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 one thing now, I, I'm going to challenge you a little bit the same way I just challenged our last caller. It is not right. I'm sorry. It is not right for the fine men and women of the FBI to come under attack like this. I mean, I, I, I listen, the, the, the raid on Trump's uh, home was not appropriate, but it's not appropriate as well for the FBI to come under alleged threats. Do you agree or no? I, I agree. I agree to it. I agree to an extent. But you know what? At the end of the day, how, I want to know how many threats did they receive? One, two, three, five, fifteen, hundred. I want to know exact numbers because if it's one threat or two threats, they'll make it seem like it's a hundred threats. Fair I mean, enough. You know, it's, it's fair enough. You know, absolutely. And I, I feel that I feel that if if this was any other group. Or any other any other circumstance, it would be uh, swept under the rug. That's all I want to say, Dominic. Okay, Frank. Well, thank you, and I hope things are well in Maine. Let's go from Maine to Joseph in Parkchester. Joseph, please do me a favor. Please don't make this a race-based comment. Can we agree on that? Certainly. Okay. Go uh, right well, ahead. to the law enforcement agencies being weaponized and politicized. They are definitely protecting a racist agenda in terms of Okay, not this morning. Not in the mood for it. Joseph, whenever you... You know, Stan was right about you, Joseph. And Stan is holding on. Stan warned me of, of your calls. Every time you call, it immediately goes to race. And I'm trying to give you a shot 
and you keep going there. And every time you go there, if it's not related to our topic at hand, I have no other choice but to move on to the next call. Stan in Forest Hills. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind? <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well, Stan. How about yourself? I, You know, every time he calls, he, he he's like a deck of cards. I see the hand. And this guy, and I congratulate you for filing. Uh, for finally seeing you. Thank you. Uh, you're hey, Stan, wrong. Stan, Stan, you can what? tell me I'm wrong. But I saw no, it. No, no, not about that. No, 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 about... no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let, let, let me just say, Stan, I saw it from day one. Okay, okay. I just didn't know how long it people. I give people enough rope to hang themselves. I hear you. I hear you. So I hear go you. right ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the raid was appropriate. It was legal. And we will wait to see in a couple of weeks or months exactly. Now, as to... Uh, this being a good thing for him to run for president. I think he's going to run anyway. His ego is bigger than his brain. So I do think he will run. Whether he wins is another story. And things are turning around in the country. Whether you think so, the numbers are trying to change a little bit. Really? Democrats have a, better cha- have a little bit more better chance in the House and in the Senate. So uh, I think it will not be as easy as the Republicans think it will Stand. be. They may win. They may. Stand. I'm not going to deny that. Go buddy, ahead. I'm sorry. Buddy, no, no. It's nothing to be sorry about. Stan. No, no. I was talking Stan, about Stan, Stan, no. I, I just, I mean, these things didn't seem to happen under Trump. The baby. Really? Wait, wait. Let me finish. What the, things? What the, things? The baby formula shortage now. Of course uh, it wait, didn't wait, happen. Wait, 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 we're headed, the country is headed to a tampon shortage. What's going to happen now? And you blame that, uh, you blame a tampon I, shortage. Listen, absolutely. You know why, you know why, you know why I blame it on President Biden? Because when you're the president of the United States, the buck stops with you. Yeah, if, said, if, uh, if there was a tampon shortage under President Trump, I would be screaming bloody murder. Well, maybe that's not a good word, but I, I would be, <laughs> I would be complaining that, uh, Mr. President, what are you doing? Yeah, now these are private companies that have done this. This isn't uh, the government that did this. This is private enterprise, my friend. Mm. You don't keep blaming them for private enterprise. Talk to your boss about high prices in oil. Do you see what that oil company made this year? $43 billion, one of the biggest. Uh, and the oil prices are high. Give me a break. You know, that's private enterprise screwing the public. No mm. one else. Mm. Not the government, and so and the and the president's not supposed to be use the bully pulpit to put oh, them in to check. Oh, he can't be concerned, but he, you know he doesn't control the oil companies with the prices. Ask your boss; he knows the story. So, uh, it, in terms of a tampon, these are private entities. Okay, what can he possibly do except you know contact them and so forth? The key point is, I think the documents will show what they'll show. I'm not going to comment on them. I want the FBI to do exactly what they're doing, and uh, those that uh, the gentleman who tried to kill somebody and he got killed, good for him. This is no joke. The FBI is a first-rate organization. You said it yourself. You're somewhat uh, upset by it. I was too. But the FBI and and the uh, uh, the uh, DOJ are first-rate organizations, and we will see. Mr. Garland, as far as I'm concerned, is acting absolutely correctly and will not speak anymore. It is now up to the FBI to see exactly what he has and what he doesn't have. And I'll say this. If it shows that he has nothing, 
They won't comment on it. They'll just say, thank you, we get it back. Maybe that's what they want, to get it all back, and that will be the end of it. And, of course, that will look good for Donald Trump. But it could also go the other way. And uh, we will see what we will see. I'm not going to comment anything. Everybody on the right, on the Republicans, are, comp- uh, are uh, speaking. Uh, it's against this. Uh, we should take money away from the uh, FBI. I mean, you know, keep, everybody should keep their mouth shut. Let them do their job. And wherever it falls, it falls. It could also fall on his favor, too. Well, we, we, we will see, Stan. I okay. thank you Have for the call. Week, thank you. I thank you for the call, as always. Let's go to uh, Kentucky. Good morning, Mark. You are on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, buddy. How you been? I'm doing uh, well, and I hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm well. Thank you so much. Let me tell you something. A Stan and everybody wants to they need their own radio stations so they can complain on other places because he, he's a waste of my time for me. But I love listening to stations. But Donald Trump is the most honorable guy that there is, number one. His children are not drug dealers. His, I mean, it, it's so it's, – you've got to be blind not to see this. But they're looking at MSNBC and CNN and everything else. Why don't they change the, the way they look at people? And sometimes they might change. And I, it's 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 sick to me how people can convince themselves. Hey, uh, Trump's going to he's going to he's going to be get killed. I mean, it's it's this is crazy. Well, Mark, I I thank you for the call, calling from Kentucky this morning. Um, Always a pleasure to chat with you, as well as uh, all of the rest of our listeners here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up, we are going to be joined by Pat Russo, who is of the Cops and Kids Boxing Program, also a former police officer that will talk to us about the perils of being on the job in the year 2022, what it's like to be a police officer. Also, this Adams-Abbott feud that just is not going away as the buses continue to make their way from Texas with migrants to New York. I'll be right back. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back taking your telephone calls. At the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Pat Russo, who runs the uh, Cops and Kids Boxing Program. Uh, He's a good guy doing uh, phenomenal work with at-risk kids uh, in New York. We all complain about crime and fixing the problems, this uh, former police officer is doing it one kid at a time. Before we go back to your telephone calls, uh, yesterday morning, Sunday morning, uh, another bus of migrants came in uh, to the Port Authority, and this ongoing feud, war of words between Mayor Adams and Governor Abbott of Texas is, is not going away. The mayor has continued to call out Governor Abbott. This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month 
of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. So Mayor Adams, as we all know, has threatened to, and certainly the person that's winning this war is Governor Abbott right now. Um, he he's he's taken the plight of his problem, and he's made it Mayor Adams' problem. And Mayor Adams, uh, if you will, uh, has fallen into the trap. Uh, I don't know how he could have responded, but uh, Mayor Adams threatened to take some New Yorkers on a bus and go down to Texas and campaign against Abbott in a tight reelection bid. Now imagine how well that would go over in the great state of Texas. Governor Abbott says, bring it on. I kind of feel like Clint Eastwood. Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day. Uh, There could hardly be anything better uh, to aid my campaign against Beto O'Rourke than to have Beto O'Rourke have his campaign aided by a bunch of New Yorkers that will not be viewed very positively in the state of Texas. Candidly, the only thing better than that is what has already occurred, and that is Beto has received a million dollars from George Soros. Uh, this is a campaign by Beto that's being run by people outside of the state of Texas. This race is about Texans, and Texans are fed up with what the Biden administration has done on our border, the chaos that has caused, the damage that has caused in the state of Texas. And that is exactly uh, why we are sending these illegal immigrants to places like Washington, D.C. and New York City. So he said, he said. That's what we're dealing with here. Our owner-operator, and we're going right back to your telephone calls in just a minute, our owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, appeared on the Fox Business Channel on Friday, and he was asked about the Adams-Abbott war of words. I think is that uh, uh, what should be done, Eric Adams should open up a situation like Ellis Island. And, and and test these people to make sure the people coming to New York City don't have any diseases, that that they're they're healthy. And I, 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 I'm an immigrant. I want to help people, but the problem that the Biden administration doesn't do on the border, it doesn't test to find out who is a terrorist, who is uh, wants to work hard, who wants to pledge allegiance to the to to our country. Or not just come in. So I believe in immigration, but I believe in checks and balances. So Eric Adams, the Mayor Adams, who I support and wants to have law and order, should put these people that are coming into New York City through a checklist, make sure that they're healthy, make sure that they don't, that are, uh, that they don't have terrorism uh, background, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We're, we're not being anti-immigrant. We're, we're being anti-follow the law. There, follow, is, there is a set of laws or, in this country. Or, Just follow the law. Follow the okay. procedure to I make sure other New York citizens don't get sick because they have diseases. And let's go right back to the telephone calls. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC Jr. in Staten Island. Good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Dominic. I uh, I agree with the caller of a few weeks ago. I believe you do have enough talent to go nationwide syndicated. Uh, I think you're the best of the best, sir. And I listen all the time, but I got something very concerning to me. And um, I did give my true identity because even though me and Frank Morano haven't seen eye to eye in the past, uh, you told me... Uh, 
uh, alias would be a big turnoff. So I'm yes. coming to you. Well, thank you. And I I really do appreciate that because I deal with you folks straight up. I want you folks to do the same with me. Real name, real identities. Please, Junior, go ahead and make your comment because I am short on time. Thank you, though, for the compliment. All right. Thank you very much, Dominic. Uh, I just want to refer to Dr. Michael Savage's book, uh, America's Pending Civil War, and um, the words of Glenn Beck. The only way to get Democrats in check would be with a civil war. And am I wrong to think that we are heading in that direction? I just feel like uh, the Trump supporters believe they're above the law. They take assault rifles with them everywhere they go. And I just feel like we're headed in that direction. I wanted to get your opinion. Well, I I have to tell you, Junior, and I I thank you for the call. And again, I thank you for the um, for the compliment. Um, I I, I would hope that we're not headed in that direction. But sometimes I do wonder uh, things, you know, one side says up, the other side says down. Then the other side says down and the other side says up. And then one side says, we'll get our own news channels that will tell us only what we want to hear. And then the other news channel gives the other side only what they want to hear. And I do believe that we've got to find a way to come together down the middle, Americans, down the middle, down the middle, consensus, consensus. I know it doesn't happen in our politics. Look, look at the inflation bill that just passed. Not a single Republican vote. And I'm not blaming one party or the other. I am pointing out the reality, the reality of the situation. Before I take a break, let's go to Max in Manhattan. Good morning, Max. What's on your mind? Yes, Dominic. Yes, please go ahead. Max, Max, wait, your your phone, are are you fumbling with your phone? It's really staticky. How's it now? Okay, now, now now it's better. Go ahead quickly, please. Okay, good. Um. Listen, two things. Everyone's complaining about Trump. Uh, it's like Stan just made a comment about him. The reason why he is on the excrement list for the media is because he has not joined one of these think tanks, like the Council on Foreign Relations, like uh, the neocons run by Bill Kristol. When you join one of these, these uh, think tanks, it's like joining a gang when you're in prison. You know, things are a lot safer for you when you're with them. But you're not the boss. You're not running things. They're telling you what to do. This is why the media has been after him since day one. Okay, I, I, I don't, Max, no, no, I, I don't have much time, Max. But, folks, do me a favor. When, when you're on hold, you've got to keep the phone to your ear because if you, if you have it on speaker and you pick it up once I take your call, then I have to move on because I can't have the static on the air and I can't have the delay. I'm going, Max, I wish I had more time to uh, deal with your call, uh, but, I, but I do disagree with your premise. Um, the media doesn't like Trump for... I can give you a list of reasons. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to be joined by a remarkable New Yorker, Pat Russo, who runs the Cops and Kids boxing program in New York City. We're going to talk to him about a big event coming up at the Ferry Hawk Stadium on Staten Island, September 10th. First responders from different agencies will be boxing to raise money for this very important group. I'll be right back. One, two, you wanna, uh. 
Here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And on the telephone right now is a man by the name of Pat Russo, retired police officer who runs the NYPD Cops and Kids Boxing Program. On September 10th, on Staten Island, Ferry Hawk Stadium, they are having a huge event, and it's to benefit this program that works with at-risk kids, at-risk kids. And it's the type of program that, frankly, everyone should get behind and support. First responders from different agencies will be boxing. And uh, Mr. Russo joins us right now. And, Pat, thanks for appearing. And, and tell me about the event on September 10th. Well, thanks for having me, Dominic. Well, it, it's an event to raise funds for not only the New York City Cops and Kids program, but we partnered up for this event with the, the wonderful organization, Tunnel of Towers. And I'll just tell you a little bit about it, how that came about. I was driving home from the Madison Square Garden where a bunch of our kids boxed, and I came through the, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and I looked up on the BQE, and I saw a sign, Tunnel of Towers sign that said, Do Good and Never Forget. And that's what this event is about, is about doing good, taking care of our youth, the future of our city, and never forgetting the families of the people we lost on 911. And so, Pat Russo, help me out with this now, because uh, looking at the flyer for the event, it's billed as a first uh, responders, first responders unite, uh, FDNY, Department of Corrections, Customs, I believe the United States Marine Corps. Is all of that accurate? And, and what's, what's, the, what's the one theme, if there's one, for this event coming up? Well, well the theme is first respond is getting together and they every day they're getting together to put on a show a boxing event for charity and we're united in this effort to make sure we take care of our kids and we never forget those those we lost on 911 and those the families of uh those that we lost during the World Trade Center attack so it's and- it's it's like you said it's it's the NYPD it's the FDNY Believe it or not, National Grid helped to rebuild the twin ta- the Freedom Tower. We have the Department of Sanitation who cleaned up after the uh, the attacks, and we got the Port Authority that that lost quite a few members. Port Authority Police Department and uh, New York City, uh, actually the United States Customs Department has somebody boxing on the show. So it's everybody getting together, and it's you know, first responders fighting for our kids. What what a wonderful uh, and novel idea. So it's a fundraiser to benefit uh, Tunnel to Towers. Correct. And the New York City Cops and Kids program, and so which, which I, is a I, free program for kids ages 12 to 21. And it's, okay, and it's, so we expanded since we last spoke. We're now not only boxing, but we're a fitness center. Because not every kid wants to box, but every kid wants to be in shape. And also we have an educational component that we added to it. Wow. Since just the last time, the last time that we spoke. And and you see, Pat Russo, you already know how I feel about coaches 
And in particular, you know, in my life, my coach Bill saved my life, a, um, a, a white police officer, sort of like yourself, giving back to the community and the heart of the community, helping children. Why, why are you doing what you're doing? <clears throat> because it was what I was taught to do. And uh, being part of a pilot project for community policing, that's what this was born from the pilot project for community policing. We were told, go out and see what the problems affecting the community were at that time. At that time, gangs and drugs were recruiting our kids to become gang members and drug dealers. So what the community told us was, we need a positive alternative to get to these kids before the gangs, before they get caught up in that street life. And I said, boxing, I just started boxing at the time in the police academy for the NYPD team. I said, this is a perfect cabin on a stick to get to these kids that want to be perceived as tough guys and put them on a positive track. And today, the entire NYPD boxing team came through the program. There were kids that took the NYPD test. And they're, they're kids, if you, <clears throat> I ask everybody to go on our social media pages. And on Instagram, it's NYC Cops and Kids. And our website is cops and kids boxing and just see the wonderful work that New York City police officers are doing today for, for our youth. We are t- chatting right now with Pat Russo and this is an important conversation, not just because I say so, but because this man is is doing the work. He's putting in the work on behalf of New Yorkers. Anybody can complain. Everybody complains. But who's going to step up? Pat Russo is stepping up, running a, a retired police officer, and, and now we're going to switch topics to a degree to discuss how tough the job of a police officer is these days. Pat Russo is big on community policing. Uh, did it in Brooklyn. Uh, now, now he runs his own business. And as he just mentioned, uh, the Instagram for this big fundraiser coming up for the New York City Cops and Kids, uh, boxing program. You can get the tickets at, uh, on Instagram at NYC Cops and Kids. So, Pat, let me switch gears and ask you this. Why are relations between the police and the community, and and why are police officers more specifically being treated so badly these days? The template is there to do it. We did it. Not, not only was community policing doing things like that, get, keeping kids off the street, but we worked with the community. And you know what the community told us? That it's not all these kids that are selling drugs and gangbangers. They were leaders of these groups, like John Gotti was the leader of the Gambino crime family, and what the FBI did, they targeted John Gotti, and they put to bed the Gambino crime family. We did that on a smaller basis, on a local basis. Like each gang or drug dealer has a specific spot where they wreak their havoc. We listened to the community. The community told us, off the record, behind closed doors, they told us who was destroying their neighborhood, who was recruiting those kids. And we targeted them through precision policing, through 
techniques working. Here is the key right now of what we need today. Eric Adams got to get the five district attorneys in the office, and, you, and he's got to tell them, you need to work with my precincts. Because the precincts are, <clears throat> are the eyes and ears of the community. They're going to tell you who the bad guys that are destroying their community. And then you need to target those individuals. And I'm telling you, they're all going to be recidivists, and we need to put them away. And you need to make an example of them. They need to get substantial time in prison just to set an example. And, and it could be done because we did it. The template is there to do it. And I think, and I'm hoping Eric Adams is the, he lived it. He lived it with me. We were cops together. So he, he uh, it could be done, but you need collaboration. You need everybody to work together, the cops, the prosecutors, and the community. So police officers being attacked. Are you surprised so many cops are just quitting, walking away literally from their full pensions? In full disclosure, my son is a New York City police officer. My son could have took the keys to my business and probably made quadruple the money he's making as a cop. He decided to go into law enforcement, and I love that he did that. And I um. And I enthusiastically back his decision. But I'm telling you, I put my head on my pillow and I go to sleep every night praying that he's okay. Like every other, every other kid in the program that we encourage to be police officers. And, 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 it, and it's why this program is so important, the Cops and Kids program, because it builds the relationship between the inner city kids. But right now we only have gyms in Brooklyn and Staten Island. And again... Another message to, to to Mayor Adams. We need a gym in Queens. We need a gym in Harlem. And we need a gym in the Bronx desperately. We need to do this. This was part of community policing and precision problem-solving policing that made this the safest city in America. We could do it again. We just and 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 I got I got I got to speak for the cops now. They can't speak for themselves. He's got to do something about qualified immunity because these cops can't go out there. They're willing to risk their lives. But you know what they're not willing to risk? Their houses and their homes that they uh, work so hard to, to build, to be sued. And, and and these criminals use that as a tool. They sue you. They sue you. They make civilian complaints against you to try to sideline you. So we need Eric to work with the, uh, the legislatures and uh, – Bring back qualified immunity, and we have to get rid of the diaphragm law. The diaphragm law is totally res- ridiculous. See, look, look at, well, for instance, that that video that went viral on the subway. That cop is is was being put in a headlock by a perpetrator, and and I'm telling you, just from being in that position prior to to, to the diaphragm law, he's thinking about what I got to do to survive. Because if this guy puts me out, he's going to get my firearm, and all of a sudden he's going to be armed. And I got to worry about now that I can't sit on his back, I can't sit on his chest, I can't get him in a, a headlock, or I'm going to be sued and lose my house. It's a very dangerous position that the legislatures put these officers in, and that's why they're leaving. 
That's why they're leaving. They, they want to do the job. Believe me, there's not a cop in the world that wants to be, that doesn't want to be part of the NYPD. It, it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the, the greatest organization in the world. And what, what they did by demonizing police officers and enacting these ridiculous laws was an overreaction, and it needs to be fixed. And Eric Adams got to get on his soapbox, and he's got to get out there and tell the, that's it, enough is enough. We got we to gotta take the streets back for the law abiding. But in, John Castamatiti says it all the time. But in 99% of the people in this city, good people, we got it. We got to take care of the one percent, and and there needs to be consequences for bad behavior. And I I thank you, Pat Russo, for for joining us, um, former New York City police officer, and he runs the uh, NYPD Cops and Kids Boxing Program. At Instagram, you could reach them at NYC Cops and Kids. They are selling tickets for a September tenth fundraiser. On the card, boxing that night at the Ferry Hawk Stadium in Staten Island will be first responders from sanitation, fire, NYPD, a number of organizations you just heard uh, Mr. Russo reference. And I also know that uh, that uh, the organization Cops and Kids, they, they still haven't uh, gotten a sponsor yet for the fireworks, which will be after the fights, and that's what they're looking for. So they're reaching out to the public for that. These are good people doing good work. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And so what I'm looking at this morning is I'm thinking about two 14-year-old kids whose lives have been ruined. One 14-year-old boy has been arrested for murder for shooting of his pal, also 14, while playing around with a gun in uh, the Bronx. Uh, This happened with police responding to a call about a male shot on East 194th Street and Briggs Avenue in the Fordham section Uh, shortly after 1 a.m. on Thursday. They found a teenager later identified uh, with a bullet wound in his chest. You may have seen the video where the young man stumbles out, runs out of the building, and he's trying to make it across the street and literally collapses on the street and uh, and dies. So a very sad situation. And we are now, I should say, coming up first at the top of the hour at 1 a.m., Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. For the rest of the program, we are taking your telephone calls 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Good morning, Ralph. What's on your mind? I don't I don't really believe that uh, there's anything new with the sanctuary policy uh, as adhered to by uh, Eric Adams because that happened uh, during the Bloomberg administration with de Blasio and even go, going back to David Dinkins. There was sanctuary policy, but, you know, uh, Eric Adams is coming to his senses now that this immigration situation in the country is a very serious issue, okay? We we are in a if we are if if 
New York City is a sanctuary city, uh, Dominic. We are in effect a border state. Do you agree with that? Where do you pick a border state? Which, I, I've, you know, I've, I've the, heard it. I've heard it said before, but I'm I'm trying okay. to understand your 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 point. What is the exact now, point that the, you are the, making? The, the the whole point is this is now coming to uh, you know to the reality and the senses of people that it it you know we are the the America is being boarded by this this open border, and this mass migration policy of Joseph Biden, okay? And by the way, I, I want you to comment about the double standard. And that, this, there's no other way to look at it, because Kathy Hochul is quick to respond to what the situation that happened to Salman Rushdie. But when did he respond? Did, did Kathy Hochul respond, if anything, to what happened to, uh, you know, to Lisa Lynch? Because that's the same situation, if you don't mind me saying that. That is really a similar situation I'm looking at, Dominic. Well, it, 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 could have had, it could have had the same outcome, Ralph. It could have had, and thank God it didn't, uh, in terms of Mr. Zeldin's uh, health. And uh, she, did, she did denounce it uh, in a statement, but it was not as, the governor, it was not that's as cool. forceful that's as cool. some would have wanted. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's now go to John in Brooklyn. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? Uh, two things, and quickly, it's related to uh, Russo. First of all, I want the audience to realize that at the Brooklyn Book Festival on Sunday, October 2nd, Okay, John, having... John, let me just ask you, what is this thing you have with the Brooklyn Book Festival? Every time I talk to you, that's all you talk about. Because, Dominic, they are acting against the public's interest. And again, the people need to understand that they have these two extremist anti-police, anti-prison advocates who will be speaking without any competing views on on the panel that that needs to be uh condemned and criticized oh. one two uh i wanted to bring someone rusty because unlike pen america and nyu with whom he's had major associations with and he's appeared at the brooklyn book festival at many times the Brooklyn Book Festival has not yet even mentioned Rushdie's attempted assassination or express. Okay, but wait, but wait, concerns. wait, John. I'm trying to. Why would the Brooklyn Fest, Brooklyn Book Festival, mention it? Why would any book festival mention it? He's been a longtime guest of theirs, and, they, and they've been touting him as one of their literary stars. Okay, I, I get it, but, appearing, but, he's, he's but once appearing. the borough presidents change, they all have different uh, positions. They are independent of, of, of the borough president. Well, and, that, that's not my – I appeared at the Brooklyn uh, Book Festival a few years ago, and, and I, it was arranged through the borough president, and it was, they were never independent – they 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 they're now more or less semi independent. They they were joined to the hip when Marty Markowitz yes. started the organization. Yes. 
back in 2006. It was under Marty Markowitz that, right. that, I, that I appeared at the Brooklyn Book Festival. And uh, in some respects, I, I wish it was still around because I think the festival was at its best when he was involved in its running. Okay, so so just that because I'm I, I I'm kind of tired of hearing about the Brooklyn Book Festival. I just want to make sure that I understand you. You object to you feel that there are two anti-police uh, speakers at this year's festival, and they're not uh, being opposed by credible people from, let's say, the Woodson Center. Or Manhattan Institute. Okay, but wait. To but, give contrary views. Okay, okay. And do those people have current books out? Because they only have authors, or at least that's that was the way it was when I was there. Are you referring to people on the opposite side that have current books out? They're not going to just put an advocate up there to go against uh, a person's view. In fact, uh, there's someone at the Manhattan Institute who just wrote an excellent book condemning people like these two advocates. Okay. That, All right. The book just came out last month, in fact. Okay. Well, John, I thank you for the call, and, and you have a uh, a great morning. And uh, I want to say, folks, that I'm now joined by Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. How was your weekend? So did you, Rachel, and Carmine do anything great this weekend? You know, uh, what do we do? We went, you know, I, I feel like I've lived five lifetimes in, <laughs> on, in the last three days just because I packed so much in. But but on the other hand, I feel like I just left yesterday. We always feel like that. Uh, so I had, we had a great event uh, with our uh, Long Island WABC listeners on Friday. Oh, that's right. Tell me about that. It was great that. to meet a lot of uh, listeners. Uh, Lynn, who came out. Charlotte, who came out. Joe and Ronkonkoma, who came out. Wow. Uh, Dr. Mason Pimsler came out. A lot of folks came hey, out. Hey, folks, and Frank is doing this off the top of his head. He doesn't have a paper the, with the names and, in front uh, of him. It was great to see everybody. Uh, good, good turnout. Big thank you to the uh, president of uh, the Long Island Division, uh, Frank McKay. So that was a lot of fun. But, you know, it's a hike to travel all the way out to Suffolk County. So then Saturday, I ran about, mostly spent Saturday doing some chores and doing some reading, going through the papers. And then we had a surprise 40th birthday party for a friend of ours Saturday night. And then Sunday, we went to visit friends of ours in New Jersey, came home, worked on the show a little bit, and came here. So wow. uh, it was a little bit of a whirlwind, but it wow. wouldn't have it any other way. Idle hands at the devil's playground, as you know. <laughs> what do you have coming up in uh, four minutes? Well, I'm really excited about today's show. So we actually are going to cover a little bit about this uh, Salman Rushdie uh, situation. So if mm. anybody didn't get to weigh in on this, uh, we'll we'll delve into that at the top of the hour and see if this is an isolated incident or if other people should be worried that they're going to be on the receiving end of a violent attack for something they've said or something that they've written. Well, hopefully it is just an isolated incident and we don't see other authors in a similar situation or other speakers in a similar situation, but we'll get into it then. Um, we're going to talk with somebody who's really interesting, an independent uh, journalist by the name of Kim Iverson. Now, Kim Iverson has made quite a name for herself, has quite a following on independent media, and she was kind of an independent journalist, not tied to any organization, and then they put her on The Hill, The Hill's morning show, The Rising, and all of a sudden... They had a, a parting of the ways. A week or two ago, they either she quit or she was fired. 
and it had to do with them having Dr. Anthony Fauci on this show. So we're going to find out, one, whether she was fired or whether she quit, and why just this Fauci interview was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into, uh, we have uh, commendations as we do each and every Monday, and uh, some other some other interesting news that I observed over the course of the last few days. So we'll have some fun. So let's go back to the uh, Salman uh, uh, mm-hmm. Rush, the uh, situation. Wasn't there a, a hit on his life? But this was from several years ago. Yeah, well, there was a fatwa issued by the Ayatollah of Iran. Now, right. um, fortunate where they called for every able-bodied Muslim to, to try to kill Salman Rushdie. And he lived in uh, under security in Great Britain for a long time. But the, the fatwa was rescinded. Now, evidently, this guy who stabbed him didn't get the memo. There's also, just because the Ayatollah says you don't have to kill this guy anymore, doesn't mean there aren't other individual groups that are going to try and kill him. And I believe, uh, I mean, who knows what was that motivated this guy, New Jerseyan, by the way. Uh, who knows what it was that motivated this guy? But there was a similar group in Iran, not officially government sanctioned, that was issuing a uh, sort of a bounty for some. Salman Rushdie. So it's just a, a sad situation that we're even talking about things like this in the 21st it century. It is. Do you know if he had private security? I don't believe he did at, at this, this event. event. Yeah. So he was there basically with himself and, right. and an assistant and, and, on a good day. And the moderator was was stabbed and injured as well. I mean, he wasn't as badly hurt as uh, Salman Rushdie was. But uh, it looks like he's going to survive this. According to his son, he was uh, talking and joking after the attack. So that's certainly a positive. But uh, they say, you know, he's never going to be the same. He's not going to fully recover. He may lose an eye here. I mean, why? Because uh, he wrote a book 30 years ago. It's crazy. Uh, well, let me conclude this way as I pass the mantle uh, over to you. This raid on on uh, President Trump's uh, Florida house and now threats, apparent threats against FBI agents. Where do you see all of this going? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it, we have to look. We don't know the legal aspect of it. I, I think because of the reaction to this. The FBI and the Justice Department, they need to release as much information as they possibly can about this, including the affidavit. They released this search warrant on Friday. It told us almost nothing. We want to know what was in the affidavit that led to this search warrant. Well, folks, you want to keep it right there. Frank Morano and the other side of midnight starts right now.